let's do let's do a better job for Jesus. What do you think? Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's great to be here in New England. Man, this is our first time to minister here. This is awesome. And, uh, and thank Bob and Deb for inviting us and bringing us. And, and uh, George and Judy, they, you guys are just great friends of ours. And, and uh, man, what a... What an awesome church and what an awesome uh, place to worship God. Amen? Amen. Man, we were just, just love your worship and love the spirit here. And I love your vision uh, about, you know, just knowing Jesus and who he is. How many of you know knowing Jesus, that's, man, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty awesome and essential. Yeah? Uh, you want to know him. <laughs> Amen. And then, and then know what he's done for you and what you have because of that. And... And then who, who you are in Christ, so, you know, you can share the love of God with others. Man, this is, this is awesome. Uh, this is my beautiful bride, Janice, down here in the front row. And we have, uh, we have four children, and uh, we've got three boys and a girl, as, as uh, your pastors have three girls and a boy. And then we have 12 grandchildren, and they're, they're a blessing, and it's awesome, and there's... Nothing like grandchildren. I've got uh, one, one of my one of my granddaughters came over to uh, to to, Jan, to our house, and she was out of school, and uh, she just told Janice. She said, "Now they call her Grams, and they call me Pop Pop." And so I said, "Now Grams, I don't want to play uh, on on my cell phone today. I don't want to pl play video games. I don't want to." Play Xbox, I just want to spend time with you. And so she's walking around Janice's, uh, just doing what, you know, early in the morning, and she's just Janice's shadow. So, so she goes in, and Janice decides to put on her makeup, right? And so, uh, and she was telling her what, you know, what one of the 100, 154 things are that, that women put on her face. But anyway, so she got to the, so she got to the, uh, to the stuff, and she said, now, what is this for, Graham? She said, well, now, Janice, now, this is what you do to put, uh, to cover the circles under your eyes. So Janice put it on. She said, Graham's, it's not working. <laughs> she put some more on. She said, it's still not working, Graham's. <laughs> Oh man, kids are funny, aren't they? It's awesome. Well, and you know, the, how many of you enjoy spending time with your children or grandchildren? Okay, just as just as uh, Pastor Joseph shared with us, you know, that's that's how God wants to be with us. He loves hanging out with us. He loves spending time with us. He he, he loves, you know, doing stuff with us. He puts desires in our hearts that that just uh, man, he's got an amazing journey for us. Amen, and so uh, it's just it's great to be here with you guys, and and uh, love love the, this church, love the vision, love love the area. So uh, glad to be here, and uh, how many of you are glad to be here too? Yeah. Yeah, amen. All right. So hey, I've got my uh, my newest book uh, is called Flowing in the Supernatural, and Andrew Womack uh, wrote the uh, introduction, and the introduction's powerful.
And Marilyn Hickey wrote the foreword. If y'all familiar with Marilyn Hickey? Uh, we're good friends with Marilyn and Sarah. We, in fact, we just taped uh, a TV, a couple of TV programs with her. And uh, but but the genesis of this book is that is that uh, the church, by and large, not not Highway Church, but the church, by and large, has gone to uh, uh, this kind of seeker-sensitive uh, model where there's no modeling of the gifts of the Spirit at all. Or e either there's a charismatic zoo where, you know, people are swinging from chandeliers, or there's nothing going on and where people have, people have, tr uh, ha have, have, uh, substituted the power of God for fog machines and skinny jeans. <laughs> and I don't have a problem with fog machines. My wife doesn't like them, but I don't have a problem with fog machines or, or lights. Or, and I don't have a problem with skinny jeans, just not on me. <laughs> I mean, it's not, a, it's not a picture we want to see. But... <laughs> But it's, it's, it, that, that doesn't substitute for the power of God. Are you hearing me? And, and listen, guys, the church, the church was birthed. The church was birthed in the supernatural. In the supernatural, it's God giving us super to our natural. He, he, the supernatural should be normal. It shouldn't be weird and flaky and... And he, I mean, and he's given us these wonderful gifts. In fact, I'm going to share share it with you today uh, from from this book. And and uh, but but I man, I've got some. I mean, it's been my heart that we we come back that the pendulum would come back to where the supernatural is normal, and we take what this life and this love of Jesus, and we take it out to people with gifts that He's given us, um, and we don't have to do it in weird flaky ways. That put people off, but that but that manifest the love of Jesus. Amen. You know, we, we we need to know Jesus, but then we need to manifest Him. Amen. Amen. And so, I've got a chapter in here on how to uh, on how to judge a prophetic word. I mean, how many of you have ever gotten a pathetic prophetic word? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you need to judge words, man. They need to be judged. I've got a chapter in here that that's worth the price of the book and I'm, it's not I'm not just trying to sell books I really care about resourcing the body of Christ and and I'm encouraging you to get one to give give to somebody else but I've got a just a chapter on on the on how the Holy Spirit will show you things to come okay how many of you know he will do that yes. he'll show you he'll show you things to come positive in terms of your inheritance in terms of God's plan for your life Jeremiah 29 11 you know, God's got a good plan for you. It's not of evil, of to give you a future and a hope. And then, but most people stop there and they don't go on to verse 12 and 13. It tells you how to get into that, to the plan of God. You seek the Lord, which means you lay aside your plans, right? But then the Holy Spirit will also show you things to come that are negative that the enemy has planned for your life, not so you can agree with it and submit to it. And resign that that's what's going to happen, but so you can stop it, avert it, or avoid it. Did you know that? And and uh, people get dreams or vision or 
or a sense of some kind of sense of foreboding and they don't know what to do with it or if God shows them and it's negative well I guess that's going to happen I guess my daughter's going to die or my my husband's going to die in a plane crash because I saw this in a dream no God if God's showing you that it's not to put fear on you it's his love for you to show you you have authority you can stop it you can stop it or you can avoid it Proverbs 22 3 says the prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. And so how many of you remember 9-11? Okay, you remember where you were? Okay, does anybody know how many people worked in the Twin Towers before 9-11? Now, you know, I thought it was 30,000, but Google told me, Google's always right, right? <laughs> Google told me it was 50,000. 50,000 plus all, sometimes 100,000 plus visitors. So how many people perished in 9-11? Close to 3,000. Uh, close to 1,000 of those were, um, were first responders. So approximately 2,000 workers of the 50,000 perished. Um, there were, which is, which is way too many, right? But uh, somewhere between 12 and 13,000 escaped okay so let me ask you a question where were the 35,000 where were the 35,000 one of the planes that went down had 16 people on it when's the last time you were on a commercial airliner when there were 16 people where were the people the Holy Spirit was the Holy Spirit was just speaking to people I've got to stop and get a donut today, and I don't even like donuts. I've got to, I've got to go get cleaning today. I've got to, I can't go to work today. I've just got to go see my ki kids. I mean, we're talking about 35,000 people, guys. The Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us and show us that the enemy's got plans for us. Not, and if God shows us, it's so we can, we can take authority over it. Amen? I'll tell you one, one quick story about that. And uh, years ago when we were in Bible college, my, my wife and I were praying and we had this sense of foreboding. Something's wrong. Something's not right. How many of you ever been there? And, you know, you're trying to rebuke the devil and everything, but, but it was like God was showing us something. The enemy's got a plan. Okay, so we don't, you don't get into fear of well, that. That's God's love. And so we started praying in the Spirit took authority over the enemy, uh, and, and while we were praying in the Spirit, God gave my wife a vision of a red pickup truck driving down the street, and my son Michael, uh, who was three at the time, who was uh, or two at the time, running out in the street, um, and, uh, and, the, and the car hit him. And so we, we took authority over that, bound the enemy over that, uh, you know, prayed in the Spirit, because if God, if God was showing us, then we could do something about it. We could stop it, right? So, we, and we did that, and a lightness came in our heart, and we just started praising God, and then, and of course, we kept him away from the street, <laughs> you know. But three years later, we were in, this was in Oklahoma, and three years later, we were in, uh, t we were in Galveston, Texas, and my wife took my three children to, uh, taking them to the beach, and I stayed back in the hotel with my youngest son, and she, she was walking across the, 
uh, Seawall Boulevard and stopped in the middle. And, but Michael, at that time, now he's five, he thought she was going to go on across, and he went and he started across. And Janice looked to the right, and there was the, there was the red pickup that she saw in that dream three years before. She said Jesus or Michael or something. And Michael flew back into her arms backwards. Guys, that got taken, play, that got taken care of three years before. Are you hearing me? And I, I had to be an angel because Michael didn't turn around. He flew back into her arms. And he's alive today. He, in fact, he's a, Michael uh, is, is Andrew Womack's daily television producer. Yeah. And so anyway, we, we, we need to know, guys, when we don't need to, with God, if God's showing us something that's negative, it's, it's so we can stop it. We can avert it. We can avoid it. Now, I took, I took extra time to share that because I know that there's someone here that's been that God's been dealing with you about that don't don't enter into fear that's God's love for you it's his protection for you you have authority over the enemy okay you can stop the enemy's plans you can speak confusion you can whatever you bind on earth is bound and anyway it's it it's in the book and uh, I encourage you to encourage you to get get the book you'll be blessed by it I want to give that to Vinny and his and his wife there there they said they said that they, they said I was one of their favorite. They, I was one of their favorite instructors at Karis. Praise God. So you need to you need to write Andrew write Andrew and tell him that. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Janice and I pastored for 27 years, uh, 24 in one place, and uh, we love pastors. We love the local church, and I just want to say uh, this is a wonderful church. And, uh, the, and, and man, you guys need to, uh, you've got the real deal in, 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 with your pastors. And you guys, I want to encourage you to go out and, and tell the world about God's love. And there's a church where people can come, a safe place where they can come and, and be loved and cared for and fed and ministered to and equipped to go out and, and reach New England with the, with the good news of Jesus. Amen. And I also... I also want to encourage you be a be a blessing be a blessing to your pastors. Amen. Yeah, just determined to be a good sheep. Everybody say I'm a, I'm a, I'm God's sheep. Everybody say bah. <laughs> you know go, goats they butt right. You know I I love my pastor but I I love I love my wife but I believe by his stripes I'm healed but. And whatever's on the other end of your butt is what you really believe. But I want to encourage you, be, be, ble be a blessing to your pastors. Be an encouragement to them. Uh, and and just, just serve them. Ask them, what, how can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I be a blessing to you? Because it, what, what you make happen for them, God will make happen for you. Amen? Is that, that's what you paid me to tell them, right? <laughs> no, I just, I just, I love pastors, and I've been, the, I've been a pastor. And so, you know, you have people that come and tell you you're the best thing since life's bread, and I'm behind you, pastor, and then they're way behind you, you know. And I like them. Oh, my youngest son, he had this whole spoof about these people. Oh, pastor, you're just the best thing, you know. And 
And then, and then they leave, and then they call you, you know, when you're getting ready to go on vacation, and they, <laughs> they want prayer or whatever. Anyway, okay, open your Bibles wherever, wherever you'd like. I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians 12, okay? And I want to tell you a funny first. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. This is called the gender test for computers. So there were some adults taking a computer science course at a community college, and after a few weeks of classes, their professor decided to have a bit of fun with them one day. So he divided the men into one group, the women into another group, and gave them a project uh, to come back and determine which gender computers ought to be. And, and after 10 minutes, both groups came back to share their discovery the men went first and declared they voted unanimously that computers should be referred to in the feminine gender. The professor said, okay, well, share with me your reasons for making that determination. And they had four points. Number one, first of all, they said computers should be referred to in the feminine gender because no one but their creator understands their internal logic. <laughs> Number two, when computers speak to each other, they speak in code language. Only, only they and experts can understand. Number three, every mistake you ever make is stored on their hard drive for later retrieval. Number four, as soon as you commit to one, you end up spending half your paycheck accessorizing it. It's awesome. Well, don't laugh too hard because the women had the last word on this subject, as you can imagine. And they voted unanimously that computers must be in the masculine gender for the following reasons. Number one, first of all, in order to get their attention, you have to turn them on. Number two, <laughs> they have a lot of data but still can't think for themselves. That's <laughs> too funny. Number three, they're supposed to help you solve problems, but half the time they are the problem. And number four, <laughs> number four, as soon as you commit to one, you realize if you won't. <laughs> Waited a little longer, you could have gotten a better model. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. I don't care who you are. That is funny. That is funny. All right, 1 Corinthians 12. Well, it's good to laugh, isn't it? Amen. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And the word gifts is italicized. It means it's not in original Greek, but we know it includes gifts because uh, he, he, def he defines and describes the gifts uh, later in this chapter. And, and then uh, Paul, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant about uh, these gifts, but uh, in the move of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, 
And then he spent three chapters de-ignorantizing us. Informing us, right? Okay, but I don't know a single principle of spiritual life today in the church that people are more ignorant about. And the, the, if, in fact, if you, if you go down in, uh, in, in verse 4, there are diversities of gifts. And that word gifts it is, is not italicized, and it's the word charisma. It's where we get our, you know, it's the root word from charis. So part of the grace of God in our lives that, that Jesus has given to us are these gifts of the Spirit. And they're given to us to minister to other people uh, when, when they don't have time to sit down or you don't have time to sit down and disciple them or give them a Bible study or, or give them your pastor's CD or they won't listen to that. But you have gifts that will reach them so that they can become connected with God and they're gifts that are part of God's love to them that will connect them with the Lord so that they can be discipled. See, I'm all about the Word, but, but we need to understand that Jesus... Now, Jesus, the living word, how many of you know he did preach and teach? He preached, he taught, he healed. But Jesus also ministered many, many times by the gifts. The woman at the well. He preached the Sermon on the Mount to her first, right? No. He said, go get your husband. I don't have a husband. You've rightly said you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, word of knowledge. And the guy that you're with right now is not your husband. Another word of knowledge. The girl, the girl got delivered, okay, by the gifts of the Spirit. The, the, the ten lepers, he preached John's 14, 15, 16 to them first, right? No. Now, did, the, did they need to hear that? Sure. But it was the gifts. Go show your word of wisdom and gift of healing. Go show yourselves to the priest, right? And they were healed. When he turned the, at the wedding at Cana, turning the water into wine. He didn't preach the sermon on the mount. He didn't preach a message. He just said, fill up, get the water pots, fill them up, pour it out. And, and, and there was a miracle. I mean, on and on when he spit on the ground with a man and put clay on his eyes and, 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 uh, and I mean, he already couldn't see, you know, and he put mud on his eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam and he didn't even help him get there. The guy had to figure it out for himself and go. He could have made an excuse or he could have sued Jesus, you know. In today's, today's uh, ministry, they would, he would have got sued. It would have been lawsuit city. But anyway, but, but it was, a, it, it was a, a, a word of wisdom and a gift of working of miracles. And it, Jesus never preached to that guy. And many times, here's the thing, guys. Many times, ministry opportunities come to us that we're not going to have opportunity to preach to them initially. It's going to be the gifts of the Spirit that release God's love to them, that connect them with God, and then makes them, make them hungry to know the Lord and, and, and receive the Word. Now, I'm not, I'm not at all. I'm a preacher and teacher of the Word. I'm not departing from the Word. In fact, I'm preaching to you the Word here. This is the Word that He wants us, doesn't want us to be ignorant of these gifts. And in John 14, 12... Tells us that those that believe on Jesus, the works that he did, you and I are going to do also. And, and part of those works are to allow the gifts to operate in our lives. Yes? And, and then I'm just going to give you a few other verses here. Uh, 
1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to a few super-duper special people. Is that what it says? Everybody say each one. Each one includes who? It includes me. It includes you. Each one of us. Everybody that's born again. And especially if you get spirit-filled, and that's part of one of my... Uh, my chapters in my book, you know, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway to the supernatural. And, and you, we need to be filled with the Spirit. But I tell you, the, the gifts of the Spirit are available to each one of us. Then look at uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. How is it then, brethren, when, e when each of you, uh, when, whenever you come together, each of you, everybody say each of you. You have a psalm, you have a teaching, a tongue, revelation, interpretation, let each... Let everything be done for edification. And so what happens is in churches where, where they allow the gifts, many times the reason why pastors are tempted to shut things down or, or, or shorten things up is because you have Mr. or Miss Prophetic Person who becomes pathetic person. Uh, they, they want to dominate or they, or they want to, it's all about a show for them. Okay, or they draw attention to themselves, or they, they want to dominate. Now, each one of you has something, but not each one of you should give something every time, especially like on a Sunday morning service. But, but we all have something we could give and we could impart, but let everything be done decent and in order. But dom prophetic people need to be pastored. I've had a lot of prophetic people that I have to correct or I have to address and tell them, this is the, these are the boundaries you're going to operate in. In fact, at Karis Bible College, we've got um, our ministry school students in third year. They are gatekeepers. They're down on the front, and if you've got a word you feel like God's given you to share, you've got to run it through the gatekeeper. Because I don't know what you're going to say. We had somebody get up at Karis Bible College. <laughs> they got up one morning and said, the Holy Spirit's blue today. I said, what? Is he cold? Is he sad? I don't know. You got to. You can't. No, he's not blue. Just you got to judge these things, okay? And and so you okay. You're going to have a little bit of flesh, but guys, we need the gifts, and we don't need to quench it. What people would tell me? Well, you're grieving the Holy Spirit, Pastor Greg. I said, No, you are. You're the one grieving the Holy Spirit. We, you, we, uh, prophetic, how many of you are a prophetic person? Would you, would you admit that you are? My wife is, okay? Prophetic people need to be pastored. I mean, they would come to me, Pastor Joseph, with a book of words. I mean, they'd give me, you know, 10 pages of what God spoke to them last week. I said, man, I can't, I don't have time. Give one page. Boil it down. God's not that, you know. And, and, then, and then they come and tell me, oh, Pastor, you know, I'm so glad you're preaching on this because six months ago, God spoke to me about this. This warms your heart, doesn't it? <laughs> Basically, they're saying, you're, you're slow. <laughs> you're slow. And I've been hearing God. But we need prophetic people. And, and we need the gifts. Because there are people out there all over your region that guys, they're not going to have time or nor will they stop to listen to, to a, um, a series of messages or read a book. And um, some of them will. 
but some of them won't. And you've got to be, be available to operate in the gifts. Are you hearing me? And they're for us today. How many of you, how many of you uh, received a, any gifts at Christmas this year? Anybody get, have a gift under the Christmas tree? Any of you have gifts? How many of you, did you get some gifts under the Christmas tree? Many? Okay, did you, did you leave any unopened? The, the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 1, 7, it says they came behind in no good, good gift. But, but today in the church, they come behind in every good gift. And it's like the, the I don't, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up every gift under Calvary's tree. Yes? So let me, let me tell you, I want to I share with you just what God has shown me about how you can get started activating in the uh, operating in the gifts and minister to people because uh, uh, God you need to take the love of God and the gifts of God that he's got on the inside of you to minister to others amen so um, first of all how many of you how many of you would like to do this how many of you would like to operate in these gifts yeah I mean each one of us has them okay but number one number one you, you need to become familiar with the gifts. You got to know what they are. How, how are you going to operate in the gifts if you don't even know what they are? And I've got a chapter in my book that describes the gifts, gives you examples in the Bible about how they operate. It's, it's not weird. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to do, do, get into a bunch of gyrations and, you know, all kinds of stuff. We had a gal in my church one time and and this is the reason why people don't have the gift. And she would, she would get with new people after the church and uh, after church, and she would ask them if she could pray for them. And then she'd grab their hands and, and then start, you know, going back and forth and praying in tongues for five minutes. And then finally, you know, she'd, finally she would uh, look for the door. I mean, she would, she would give them a word, but they're looking for the exit door. Right? right. right? And... You know, look, we don't have to be weird. We had to get with her and tell her, you're not, you don't have an anointing to minister to new people. Because new people were running and leaving the church. And, but the same time, see, but this, and she told us, we're grieve, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. I said, no, you are. So we're going you're gonna, to you're gonna give you boundaries. You're not going to operate like this. But look, guys, just because there are people that get in the flesh and use the gifts. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The gifts are uh, the gifts are valid, and they're for us today. And they're for sometimes they're for you when you hit the wall and you don't know what to do and you hit a crisis point and your knowledge of the word, not the word, your knowledge of the word runs out, and you don't know what to do. You've got to be familiar with the gifts. You got to know what they are. Some people don't even know what the gift of faith is. The gift of you know where you know where they got the, the producers of of Superman, do you know where they got that idea? That was, that was the, the gift of faith is when Clark Kent turns into Superman. And, and all of a sudden, doubt just leaves you and, and you, you, are, you are ready. It's what, it's what Peter did, walking by that guy every day, every day at the beautiful gate. And one day the gift of faith came on him and he, he locked in on him and then he told him to get up. It was a gift of faith and working of miracles. You need to know what that is. Whenever it hits you, whenever it comes on you, you need to yield to it and watch and you'll see miracles. How many of you have prayed for miracles to happen through your life? Well, you need to know what the, what the gift of faith is because it, it's not faith that comes by hearing the word. 
Okay, it's a gift that, and you need to know how to operate. You need to know the discerning of spirits. That's not the gift of suspicion. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Yeah. And you've got to become familiar with the gifts. Then, number two, you need to make yourself available. Available to the Holy Spirit. Okay, you need, every day, Janice and I pray, on the way over here, driving over here, God, make us a blessing today. Help us to bless this pastor, these pastors. Help us to bless this church. Help us to leave people better off than when we, when we found them. How many of you ever spent time with somebody about an hour or two, and when you finished, you went, Phew, glad that's done. I don't want to be that person. I, I, I want to I I bless people. And you cannot bless those you're trying to impress. You cannot bless those you're trying to impress. Who's that about? It's about you. And so you just make yourself available to the Holy Spirit every day. So what, what was it that happened to Jesus when the woman caught in adultery, they brought him to her, he, he knelt down on the ground when he was, when he was uh, uh, you know, uh, basically dealt, had to deal with these two different conflicting pr uh, principles of the word justice and mercy. What was it when they were pressuring him? What did he do? He, he knelt on the ground and he drew on the ground. What did he draw on the ground? I don't know. It could have been the Pharisees' girlfriends' names. But, but bottom line, when he, when he was taking time to draw on the ground, he was taking time to draw on the Father for wisdom. So I'm preaching one day in my church, waxing eloquent as I can, and I was, and I was, I finished my second point. I noticed there was this interracial couple that walked, a uh, handsome young uh, African American gentleman and a Caucasian girl, gal. They sat down together in the back, and and I, they came in about two, two thirds of the way in in the service. And I noticed that they come in, and and I looked down. I was about to f go to my next point, and and my notes disappeared. I couldn't read them. It was like it was like a jumbled mess. It was like dyslexia on steroids, and I couldn't. And I looked at my Bible, and I couldn't. I couldn't see. I couldn't read my Bible, and I took my glasses off, and it was worse. And I said, "Man, Lord, what what's going on now? I now I couldn't think. I couldn't think. I couldn't even think about the next point. I couldn't. I didn't even remember what I was preaching. I, I thought maybe I've got some timers. I don't know." <laughs> God, you're going to have to help me. I don't know what to do here. What do you, what do, you do? They didn't teach me this in Bible school. And so I, everybody say, make yourself available to the Holy Spirit. So I just, I just, I said, guys, y'all just lift your hands with me and let's praise God for a minute. I didn't know what to do. I'm giving myself time. <laughs> to, and, I, and I'm making myself available to the Holy Spirit. I don't know what to do. I can't read my notes. I can't, I can't think. I can't. Uh, and and uh, while we were doing that, I got an impression. Pray for that couple that walked in the back. And so I don't want any, I can't think, I can't read, I can't, I, what it, so what do you have to lose? I was, you know, I said, could I, that couple that walked in, in the back, I don't want to embarrass you, but could we pray for y'all for a minute? And would y'all just stand? And, and some people stood around them. And, and I said, I just started to pray a simple prayer, God's love be revealed to him and so on. And, and all, of a, all of a sudden, 
I had a, another impression, a strong word. It was like a word of knowledge. The Lord said, you are a prince to this man. I said, you're a prince and a leader in the kingdom and you've got parents that have been praying for you but you've departed from the path and God said, if you turn to him, he's gonna change your life and use you as a leader and he just like starts shaking like this. Nobody touched him. Then I turned to her and I said, ma'am, you've lost another word of knowledge. You've, you've lost something very precious to you. And God said, if you'll turn to him, he's gonna restore all of that and she melted in a heap, sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. Do you understand my message was over, yeah. but yeah. the ministry just started? Yeah. Yeah. And it come to find out these were hardcore heroin addicts oh, wow. that, had, that had almost overdosed the night before. They woke up and they said, you know what, we're going to give God one more chance. They saw our sign on the billboard on the highway and took him 45 minutes to find us. Listen, they got there. He, he, his, his parents were Baptist deacons and they'd been praying for him. He had been born again. He came back to the Lord. They got delivered. She got born again. Uh, he had to go to a Christian halfway house for a little while. But they be, listen, they became the greatest leaders and the greatest evangelists in our church. Now they, they needed, look, they needed to hear the word, didn't they? But it wasn't the word that got them delivered. It was the gifts. Wow. Now look, you can get healed by the gifts. You can't stay healed by the gifts. You have to, you have to get in the word of God and get into faith yourself. But many times, there, and, then, and then she had lost her daughter, Sonny. She'd lost her daughter because of drug abuse. And they got married they got Sonny back within a year, and, and they, be, they became, they, were over, they were over, oversaw our, our cafe, and they became, they, they were uh, over the baseball, softball team, and they, they saw more people come, to, we saw more people come to Jesus through this couple, wow. through the gifts. Everybody say the gifts. Guys, look, we need the word, but we also need to follow the Lord when he's moving on us, and it's just, it's just, look, usually it comes in the form of an impression that you say, well, I, I just, you know, I want to make sure it's God. You know, well, if, if it doesn't violate the word, go for it. I said, if it doesn't violate the word, go for it. So the third thing, I'm just going to, I've got the airport inside and we're about to land, so don't get, don't get too nervous. Okay. But the third thing that will help you operate in the gifts, you have to attack, aggressively attack pride and fear. Because you can't operate in the gifts yielding to pride and fear. Pride is, and fear are both about you. Pride is, you know, what, what, people, what are people going to think about me? If you really knew how little they thought about you, you never would worry about it. <laughs> who, are the, who are they thinking about? Okay. And, and, then, and then fear, you know, well, what if I miss it? What if I miss it? Well, you're missing it already. Asking, what if I miss it? Look, again, every impression that comes to you, that, that you know, if you, you run it through the screen of what, of what the Bible, what you know about Jesus and, and the Word, and you, you could take it, run it through 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient and kind and doesn't envy, doesn't, doesn't boast, it's not rude, it's not 
you know, proud. And you, all those things, or, or Galatians 5, you can just run it through the fruit of the Spirit. If it passes that test, go for it. What do you have to lose? My son, seven years old. He's not seven now, but when he was seven. <laughs> My youngest son, Jeremiah, he, was, he went down to this house, down the street, to his friend David's house to play. Seven years old. He, um, it, it, so they were in another room playing and, and with David, his friend, and then David had a little, bo- little brother named Ariel. Ariel was one and a half in a high chair. His mother had left the kitchen to do something. Jeremiah, I just, I just actually confirmed this with him about three weeks ago when we were down seeing them in Texas, and, and he said, oh yeah, I remember, I remember this, Dad. Uh, because, but he said, but here's, what, here's what, the, what happened. He said, which I didn't remember this. He said, I had a vision, and I saw Ariel in a high chair falling back. And, and it was a hard tile floor. And um, he said, I had, I, I had a vision, and he fell back. And, uh, and then I heard, go stand behind Ariel. Seven years old. Jeremiah left playing, started to walk over into the next room where Ariel was. And as he walked to the, to the high chair, Ariel kicked the table in front of him. And he started to go back, and Jeremiah was there to catch him. I said, Seven years old. I said, son, how did you know that was God? And he said, dad, I thought for a second. And he said, it wasn't a selfish thought. So many times, guys, the gifts are like that. It's like, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to close with this, is, is we need to understand the different flows of the Spirit. It's so easy when we understand how the Spirit flows because when we know how He flows, He flows with us. John 7, 38 and 39 talks about, you know, on the last day of the feast, if you, Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come to me and, and I'll, out, of your, out of your heart or your belly will flow. Everybody say flow. Rivers of living water. So um, then if you, if you compare that with Ezekiel 47, 9, it says wherever the, wherever the rivers go or wherever they flow, there'll be life and healing, right? And so if I learn what the flows of the Spirit are and I just go with it, okay, then, then I, it's easy to operate in the gifts. And that's what I want to do today is just I, I want to get you just being an, uh, available to say, Lord, whenever you move through me in these ways, I'm going to go with it, amen? And so... The first, the first flow is a flow of love, and that is Jesus was moved with compassion, and he healed their sick. He was moved with compassion. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, pursue love, and then desire spiritual gifts. Which one comes first? It's love. So, it, look, if you'll just follow love, how many of you ever had compassion rising up in you towards somebody? I'm going to have an altar call for the rest of you to get saved, but how many of you, how many of you, when compassion rises up, see, what, what should we do when compassion is moving through us? What should we do? Move. Move. 
And wherever the rivers, that's the flow of God. Wherever the river flows, pick up the phone and call them, pray for them, touch them, minister to them. Something's going to happen. Healing in life is going to happen wherever the river goes. And one of the ways he flows is, is the flow of love. Okay, finally, the, I'm going to share this, and it's, all this is in my book, you can, you can get it, is the flow of light. 1 John 5, verse 5 says, God is light. Verse 7, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, then we're going to have fellowship with one another. That word fellowship there, in the Greek, it's really interesting. It means to be able to contribute or distribute something. How many of you want to contribute or distribute something? You want to be a blessing, right? Okay, that you follow the light. Okay, what are some different ways that light can come? Anybody have any ideas? How can light come? Well, when you care about people, that's one way. What's another way? In a dream, it could be a dream. As you serve the Lord, light comes, you get heart for people. It can come through a vision, it can come through a dream, it can come through a prophetic word, it can come as you're reading the Bible. And it just an impression comes, right? My wife woke up one day and told me, she said, God told me to go to this millionaire couple in my church, and I want you to, I want you to get them, uh, I want you to go buy her a roast and light bulbs and toilet paper and a certain brand of toilet paper. I said, honey, could you forget the toilet paper? I mean, anyway, my pride, right, okay? She went over there and she went, oh, you know, she'd been sick for three days and I didn't, I ran out of food and I didn't have anything to cook for my, my husband and, and we ran out of light bulbs and, and I ran out of toilet paper and this is just my brand, oh, you know. Light, light came, toilet paper, light can come to you. But look, it can come in any different ways, but the bottom line is when the impression comes, follow it as long as it doesn't violate the word. Get off of your blessed assurance. Highway Church, New England needs you. There are divine appointments and divine connections with individuals out here who will never hear your pastors if you don't get off your blessed assurance and follow the impressions. I mean, how, how risky is it really just to say, could I pray for you? And then let the gifts operate and move. And what? look, wherever the river goes, and that's how he flows. He flows through light, impressions that he gives you that don't violate the word, and, and then it flows through love. And so I'm going to give you one last story. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. We've landed. We just haven't pulled up to the terminal yet. All right. So years ago, I was uh, in business, and, and I was driving in southwest Houston, Texas, and, and, uh, and I, we got into traffic, and so I knew the back roads, and I made a right turn, and there was apartments over here on the left and a grassy knoll on the right with a big creek here, and, uh, and, and I, it was kind of a noticeable grassy knoll because they don't have hills in Houston. I mean, it's flat. Anyway, so in this, in this hippie-looking guy, long hair, was on that knoll, and he was taking a Tebow stance before Tebow was born. 
And I thought, that is weird. I mean, he's down on one knee and he's doing this. And, and, I, and, and I heard, everybody say, I heard. So an impression, it was an impression. Go join yourself to that man. And I said, I rebuke you, devil. I rebuke you. I'm not. I don't have a ministry to hippies. I mean, I wasn't a redneck, but, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't in the drug culture. And so, and I just, you know, kind of passed it off. And then, and then I heard again, I kept driving. I heard again, go, I said, go join yourself to that man. Three times, almost audible. So, all right, Lord, I'm going to show you I don't have ministry to hippies. So I parked, I parked across the street. I parked across the street. And went across, and I grabbed, I, I went, went across the street, and I, and I said, you know, God just impressed me to stop and tell you that he loves you, and he has a good plan for your life. And he just looked at me like, st- stared me down. And I was thinking, I told you, God, I don't have a ministry of hippies. <laughs> and while I had a hold of his hand, I heard, again, and this was a stronger thing, tell him, I know he lost his job. Tell him, I know he got his car repossessed last night. Tell him, I know he just got evicted out of those apartments back there. Now, usually it's not this specific, but I'm, I, and it's like, I, I don't get words like this. It's like, oh God, what if I miss it? Well, I never met the guy before, so nothing gained, nothing lost, right? So I said, I, I kind of was chickened out a little bit, but I said, just by, did you lose your job? <laughs> and then, 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 and then he, he just looked, you know, and I said, did, did you get your car repossessed last night? And then I said, I think the Lord's telling me that to tell you he knows that you got evicted out of those apartments across the street. He said, how'd you know that? And then he started weeping, weeping. I'm talking about the gifts, guys. Weeping. He said, he showed me, he showed me, one, he pulled up the knee that he couldn't bend down, and he showed me, he had a hole in his jeans before holy jeans were fashionable, and, and he said, he, and he said I, I, I'm in construction, and I fell off a roof, and I just got out of the hospital. When I got out of the hospital, I lost my job. He said, they repossessed my car last night, and I got an eviction notice from those apartments this morning. I walked across the street here, and I said, God, if you're real, show yourself to me or I'm going to take my life. Wow. His name was Billy. Billy got saved. Billy got uh, delivered. Billy got filled, filled with the Spirit. Billy came with us to Lakewood Church before Joel was there. Well, Joel was there, but his dad was pastor. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he got my wife's car. <laughs> and he got a job. How many of you... Look, guys... How many of you know, how many of you know that's better than spending eternity in hell? Okay, listen, and I'm done. There are many Billies, Susie's, Jane, Sarah's, Hannah, Jim. I mean, all, all kinds of people out there, guys, in New England who need the love of God. Sure, we've got to know him ourselves, but guys, we've got to make him known. And one of the ways he does this is through these gifts. And we've got to, we've got to get rid of the chicken spirit. And we've got to get off our blessed assurance and say, Lord, when, when the flow of the spirit, when, when you're impressing me to do something, 
I'm just going to do it, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to deal with fear and pride, and I'm just going to step out. And see what happened? Billy got discipled. Billy needed the word. Billy, we, but he, it, that never would have happened if the gifts didn't operate. Amen. Uh, the, the couple that came to our church, they, they needed to be discipled. They needed to hear the word. But that didn't happen until the gifts operated. Guys, there are people, God's in your circle, people that God's bringing you in contact with that need you to flow in the gifts. Amen. Amen. Now, I just want to know how many of you are available for that. I want to pray for you. Amen. Stand up. If, and don't, don't stand up unless you don't want me to pray for you. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Pastor, you're going to have lots of testimonies of, of, of Billy's and Susie's and Sally's and Tim's and all kinds of people that are going to be reached because, because you're going to come against fear and pride and you're going to let God use you. Amen? And there are people that are going to be healed. People are going to be set free. People are going to be delivered. Just lift your hand and say, Father, I yield myself to you. I thank you for what you've done for me. But Lord, the world needs to know about it. And I yield myself to you to be a vessel, to allow the gifts to flow, to hurting people, to lost people, to broken people. In Jesus' name, I come against fear. I come against pride. In the name of Jesus. And I will follow the flow of compassion and the flow of light as you lead me. Change the world through me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Divine appointments, divine connections, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I just pray for uh, these divine appointments and connections that, Father, the people are going to recognize and know when you're speaking to them, they're going to step out. They're going to remember this message. And Father, they're going to be equipped and they're going to step out. And you're going to, you're going to confirm your word with signs following. Uh, deliverance, salvation, healing, freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.